Hello and good evening and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees and their Multicultural Mess and Secular Scam. I hope you are having a great day today, my friends, wherever you are. You had a great weekend and you're ready for another week. Well, um, we have a lot to tackle today, so we're going to get right down to it. I'm on holiday this week, so I am taking a break, but not from the podcast. So uh, today we're going to do something on Dalit. Okay, we talked about Hecla Tree, the volcanic eruptions of the Middle East, of the fault lines, uh, how they form the basis of uh, the ideologies and the groups to come. Um, remember, uh, we are going to go back to something very important. Uh, that fault line, which is the basis uh, of three Abrahamic groups, the fault line that's sitting under the Levant. Um, so we're going to use a lot of geology and geography. Um, and then we're going to explain the history to you. Uh, before I, um, I I want to go there, um, I just want you to understand that um, this journey has led to a lot of ideologies and ignorance and uh, us versus them. This is a start of the us versus them ignorance. I wouldn't say start, but uh, the institutionalization of that. Uh, someone in a, in a previous video said, if we cannot understand that diversity, sorry, if we cannot understand that diversity is what enriches us, then diversity um, is good. Um, Otherwise, diversity is just the walls that separate us. Uh, from that meaning, you know, diversity is just the form on the outside. Inside, we are all the metaphysical. We are still Purush and Prakriti, physical and metaphysical. That's all we are. We are uh, photosynthesized and metamorphosized. Um, energy field and we're energy in motion the energy is the same across the world uh but when you don't know this and then you form these groups and and things like that out of bad situations uh, and the ignorance comes to the surface instead of the humanity but we'll take a look at that uh why we brought this up um on this podcast the podcast is dalit and we're going to go and attack it right away so You've definitely heard of the word Dalit. It means poor. It's mostly associated with Hindus. However, Dalit has nothing to do with Hindus. It is Hebrew. So let's get down to it. Dalit is the fourth letter of the Hebrew alphabet, including uh, Phoenician Dalit, D-A-L-E-T, Hebrew Dalit, D-A-L-E-T, Aramaic Dalat, D-A-L-A-T-H, Syriac Dalat, D-A-L-A-T, Arabic Dal. The Phoenician Dalit gave rise to the Greek Delta, Latin, and from there you have the Latin word alphabet D, or D in English, uh, and you have the Syriac alphabet. So the, when you use the word D, it comes from the word Dalit. Remember that. Did we invent, did Hindus invent uh, Latin? Did Hindus invent, um, uh, did Hindus invent um, Aramaic or Greek? No, but the D comes from there and it comes from Dalit. As we, as we are now, um, we, as we know now, we are a Delta, a Dalit, that is not enriched with conscious knowledge and a living, visible connection 
with with God. Okay, so a delta means someone who's not enriched with knowledge, and that's a living connection, any visible connection with God. That is why Dalit represents a poor man, a man who is not enriched with God, not enriched with the connection with God. And that spiritual poverty leads to physical poverty is what they are saying. Okay, is the reason why we're sick all the time because we don't have spiritual uh, knowledge and spiritual connection. This poverty is not financial or materialistic. True poverty is to be spiritually poor. The letter Dalit represents a poor man or a woman. In Hebrew, the word for poor is Dal. In Arabic, the word D is Dal. In Sanskrit, the basic food eaten by people is also dal. Where do we get that from? Poor. If it is where we get the word porridge from in English. Poor porridge. Poor people eat porridge, uh, which is an English concept. The word meaning dalit is the word. Other meaning of dalit is door or lift up. Now, how did the word come into being on the Indian subcontinent? To make a long story short, Abrahamic ideologies are Arabia's answers to climate change and pandemics in the Levant, a very seismic zone. As a reminder note, remember there exists a fault line running through the Sinai Desert, also known as the Dead Sea Transform Line or the DSD Fault Line. Um, or the Dead Sea Rift. It is a boundary between the African and the Arabian tectonic plates. The friction between these tectonic plates causes massive cataclysm and occurrences such as volcanoes, earthquakes, tsunamis. Here are a few earthquakes or cataclysmic events in that area. So, I'm going to go through them quickly. The Middle East went from green tropical forest to arid desert in 150 to 300 years around 6000 BCE. Loss of an entire civilization, panic, conflict, disease, pandemics, economic wipeout. Um, in 2100 BCE, the Saraswati River dried up in the Indus Valley civilization and the exodus westwards to avoid drought and loss of agriculture and food for survival, disease and starvation and conflict. In 1642 BCE to 1540 BCE, um, between that, the volcanic eruption of Mount Tira, causing a disruption in the food chain, and, in, and the 1522 BCE famine in Canaan, a migration to Egypt. In 1280, okay, um, we have an exodus from Egypt, um, plague, famine, locust, uh, economic recession, all more than likely caused by volcanic eruption or natural disaster in the area. Between 1200 and 1150 BCE, we notice the collapse of the Mycenaean kingdoms, which we talked about a couple of days ago, and Kassite dynasty of Babylonia, the Hittite empire in Anatolia and the Levant, the Egyptian empire, the destruction of Ugarit and the Amorite states uh, in the Levant, the fragmentation of the Luvinian states of 
West Asia Minor and a period of chaos in Canaan. So this is between 1200 and 1150 BCE, which lays the foundation for Abrahamic groups. Okay. In this, um, in 1177 BCE, we have someone very important, Eric Klein, talks about the year civilization collapsed and the Eastern Med Mediterranean world was destroyed and never regained its status. Uh, the fifth proof is uh, 536 BCE to 542 BCE, the volcanic eruption, an area not known but an event that caused global volcanic winter that caused pandemics, famine, plague, disease, death by millions and the collapse of almost every major empire at that time. May the 19th, 363 AD, earthquake in Petra, nearly half of the Rechem, which was the Nabataean name for Petra, was destroyed by the quake. In 551 AD, Beirut, earthquake and, and Petra was destroyed. 672 AD, strong earthquake in Ashkelon, Gaza. 693, Petra was hit with a devastating earthquake. Its water management systems and many of its buildings was destroyed. In 746 to 749 AD, multiple earthquakes in Tiberias, Bet, Sheen, and Hippos. She let go. She, so let's go back to the current pandemic. Okay. We'll explain all of this in the form of uh, the current pandemic, COVID-19. This pandemic brought us full circle. We have practically shut down our planet. Social distancing is the new catchword or junta curfew in India. So why do we have to keep a distance? Well, if we caught any virus or contagious disease, we can pass it on by close contact. It's weird, but it has to be done. For any society in the ancient world who did not have the tools and technology of today, what did they do? They invoked the divine and claimed that God asked them to be the chosen ones. Hence, they had a duty to distance themselves or self-isolate themselves from those who were not chosen like them. Why? If the chosen ones kept their distance from others, there was a possibility of those of these chosen people not getting the plague or any infection that was going around its times. If a time in a time of natural disaster, the food chain, the civil society is disrupted, species of flora and fauna disintegrate drastically. Um, anything you touch could be contaminated and could contaminate you in return. So you had to distance themselves. Now think about the Levant, the fault line under the Levant, which is uh, the modern region of Israel, Palestinian territories, Syria, Beirut, um, so on and so forth, Turkey. That's the Levant. Okay? There are constant volcanic eruptions. In 1177, we know uh, that's, when, um, that's when there was a massive, massive uh, earthquake in called Hecla Tree that happened in Iceland. And that is the reason why this entire Mediterranean region collapsed, completely collapsed. Okay. And people died, the economy collapsed, there was a break in, in, in the food chain, break in um, uh, the human chain, there was a volcanic winter, empires collapsed, there was famine, there was drought, there was no water. Uh, the 
no sunlight uh, coming passing through the clouds because the volcanic ash blocked everything uh, there was acid rain so it was a mess okay now to survive all of that, on one side you have this volcanic eruption going on, the fire is coming from the bottom of the earth. What do you think the people are saying? That hell is below the earth. When you see a volcano erupt like this, you, you think that there's hell. You're going to burn in hell because the fire is coming from below the earth. And that, my dear friend, is the beginning of Abrahamic groups, which think that hell is below the earth. That's where hell is coming from, from the fire below the earth, which is rising up in the sky. But if you're good and you survive, that means you're the chosen one. And if you do, you believe in God and the nice blue skies and you'll go straight to heaven. So this is how heaven and earth came along and their social distancing of each other, uh, washing, cleansing your hands, believing in uh, doing what God said because they had to force people to... Um, to social distancing and using fear of God to do that. And from there onwards, uh, that laid the fault lines and the, the foundation for the Abrahamic group. So they were born out of this era where the only thing they knew was volcanic eruptions, earthquakes, um, social distancing, uh, famine. And so they're going to make their... Um, their traditions, they're going to invent their traditions and ideologies out of this context. This is the context that we are talking about. Very important. Uh, now, do you think, how do you think it's easy to tell a bunch of people who were traumatized, enslaved, poor, and have no type of education to distance themselves? Controlling their minds to do what you want can only happen through some major controlling force. Something that would ensure fear and shame on both sides of the rhetoric. So invoking a special divinity to isolate the human being and their minds, control their thought would be a good solution. Later putting down a theory that where this divine force sends you commands to help and guide you on a special journey to eventually attain an eternal heaven would have been only a case of social distancing from the tribes and clans who were infected or could later be disinf bring disinfection to you. So today we talk about quarantine, 40 days of isolation. But the concept of quarantine comes from the Italian word quaranta, or 40. Similarly, the Jewish or Israelite exodus around 1200 BCE, or um, some say 1500 BCE, would have been more likely due to a geological cataclysm. A breakdown in civil society would have been their key to the escape, which we glorify as the Israelite exodus. The Jews say they spent 40 years in the desert, while some say 400. We actually, was it actually 40 days? Or some exaggerated and put 40 years, and then someone interpreted it as 400. It really depends on who you talk to, and the interpretation of facts and context. The bottom line is during this pandemic, where the world was perceived to be collapsing around them, the ancient Hebrews self-isolated in the Sinai Desert, near Midianite territory, which is modern-day northern Saudi Arabia, out of fear that the world around them was coming to an end due to plague, disease and conflict. The more I look at it, the more I think it's possible. 
The Israelite exodus is the re actually a reaction of a people to a cataclysm and ensuing, ensuing pandemic of the region. It was never meant to be a religion. We may look at this time in history and say it was wrong. We may think, oh, how stupid were they? However, from their vantage point in the middle of what we have perceived to be the end of the world, they did what they did to survive and my hat's off to them. I say, well done, folks. They adjusted for their time. The solution only becomes a problem if your solution is later institutionalized and now becomes a norm. The norm is that when it is then made into ideologies, religion, empires, and later imperialism. 3,500 years approximately later, we do not remember. Now the problem causes conflicts, poverty, loss of life, verse, virus, illness, pandemics, and we are starting a new solution. Uh, and we are staring at a solution. So we have come a full circle. Almost 3,500 years later, the original exodus by, led by the prophet Mo Moses, no one remembers why it all began. Just the fact that they survived the end of the world. The Hebrews would have believed that if ever the same type of catastrophe happened again, it would be regularly, it, which regularly occurred in the Levant, they had the cure as, the, as they survived the worst. For them, the whole planet was the same. This is why they probably did not like the Philistine, who came from across the Aegean Sea. The Philistine was eating pork and non-kosher food, which was undertaking acts that were against the Torah or considered unclean. Their laws were supposedly to be only the laws of God, and they had protected the Israelites through many cataclysms when darkness fell, literally and metaphorically. The currents that form our waves. So, this is also the reason why leprosy is mentioned 40 times in the Old Testament, depending on its interpretation. Called Zarat in the Old Testament, in biblical times, this concept would have included all skin ailments. It's mentioned in Leviticus, the third chapter of the Old Testament, verse chapter 13, uh, sorry, Levitic Leviticus, chapter 13, uh, verses 2 to 3, chapter 45 to 46, sorry, verses 45 to 46, and Leviticus chapter 13, verses 1 to 59. All talk about how to deal with leprosy. The sick in biblical times were chastised, looked down upon and discriminated. If you want to understand what exactly went on, look at any ancient movies, go to YouTube and type Ben-Hur, and you will see leprosy colonies. There were places in the outskirts of any town where the sick, mainly people with leprosy or skin ailments that would not heal, went on to suffer and die. If even one person in the tribe was ill, the whole tribe had to go to the leprosy colony. And... There were multiple leprosy colonies all over the Middle East, where people from urban areas and settlements would be disbanded and chased to. The Israelites wanted nothing to do with themselves, um, but to isolate themselves, take them, take, taken that they were the chosen people of God, and especially revealed his commandments to the laws of the Torah or cursed by God, hence they had no intention of, leave, of having to deal with him. 
In Hebrew, the word for sores is makkah. It, it is mentioned in the Hebrew Bible, Isaiah, that's the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 1 to 6. From the sole of your foot to the top of your head, there is no soundness, only wounds and welts and open sores, not purifying or bandaged and suited with oil treatment. So the word I want to highlight here is pronounced as Makkah. If the Hebrews were the predominant people of this region, it means that they existed encampments in the surrounding areas of the urban cities, where people afflicted with sores were then sent to distance themselves to get help from impurity. There were multiple encampments for people affect, afflicted with skin ailments, also all known as Makkahs. The only Makkah today is the former encampment converted into the city of Makkah or Makkah in Arabic. So one important note on this concept of leprosy is that skill ailments in ancient times was that you were not allowed to use the term of, for fear of being chastised. It was not supposed to be used in any conversation nor in any literature. If this place or encampment was not mentioned as a city anywhere, it was because it was impure. Hence, you will not find the word Makkah in any literature until the 9th century. Now, this is why honor killing would have commenced in the earnest also. So to save the honor of the tribe, the sick would put down to death and kill anyone for fear of the entire tribe having to go to a Mecca or leprosy colonies. And might I add that these uh, leprosy colonies, the people who were sick, the people who were dullet, were called uh, the people who were, had leprosy or skin ailments were those who were called Dalit. Very important. So on a more wider note, all our ancestors would have passed through this region as we are all cyclic. Our cosmic journey means all cycles will pass through the geomagnetic center of the planet that is Cairo, and then move out on all directions. So our ancestors would have had either to go to the trauma of the Middle East and Middle Eastern and Sahara deserts, where they would have discriminated upon others and discriminated against in return. This concept, this concept did not start with the Abrahamic feudal groups, but when the Middle East went desert. What the Abrahamic feudal religions did was institutionalize this concept, and then it got worse from here. What is produced was the tribes of untouchable people who fled this region and sought refuge in neighboring lands, specifically of the Indian subcontinent and beyond. While to the north, they would have sought refuge in Europe, and to the south, they would have sought refuge on the African continent. Those who fled the Atlantic Ocean safely and crossed the seas integrated into what we call is the native peoples of Americas. From this concept, we finally get what is known as cities of refuge, where people who have sinned against God can live out the rest of their lives until they are put on trial. Uh, on the Indian subcontinent, these refugees, the sick, the tormented, the flooded, flooded her shores. While Europe was cold and the Indian subcontinent warm, it was surrounded by water and rivers. And its ancient medicine healed her wounds and universities gave refugee children knowledge. However, just as in Europe, the influx was so great that even though they aligned with a new way of life, 
and gave up the Abrahamic ways, their mentality stayed. It is not the label that defines the mentality, but the mentality that forms the label. The new adherence to her ancient civilization then recreated this land in the image of the lands they left behind. Thus we get the concept of untouchables, the concept of untouchability on the Indian subcontinent. We also get the concept of Dalit from disjunction. The Hebrew and Aramaic migrants from the Middle East bring with them this concept of Dalit. It has been institutionalized. Even those who left the ancient tribes uh, and aligned with local natives took this mentality into new tribal affiliations. Today, no one remembers and thinks that Dalit was created. Um, today, no one remembers and thinks that Dalit was created by Hinduism, which is incorrect. In effect, the Middle East has had this geographical and geological problem for 250 to 300 million years. It is not new, so every civilization who, have, who has passed by would have to deal with this issue and the overflow of the people of, from other re uh, regions. This being said, it is also important to note that the regions from Western Sahara to Japan, the Koreas, were all once a Vedic belt. So even during Vedic times, they would have had to deal with the same issue. Uh, so I'm just going to go here. Perfect. So basically, that's the long and short of the story. Uh, Dalit is a concept that comes from Abrahamic groups, from Judaism, from Hebrews. It meant poor. Okay, so if you did not believe in their ideology, follow their ideology, which is all actually about telling you to wash your hands, social distance, wash this, clean that, uh, all of the above, uh, sacrifice to keep yourself healthy, sacrifice to keep yourself spiritually uh, correct, all of these sacrifices, very important, uh, were invented to please the heavens, the gods. Why? Because the heavens were spitting out fire and fire from the belly of the earth. Why? The Hebrews did not know that. They did not know that what is a volcanic eruption. They thought that the gods were angry, and so he was spitting out fire. He was spitting out uh, volcanic ash, and he was killing everyone with the acid rain. He was killing everyone with plague, famine, locust, fa drought. He was, he was killing. God was angry. And the only way to please him was to this animal sacrifice. And washing your hands, washing yourself, self-distancing, social distancing. Because they were living in the 11th, and they came about at a time which was very important, very difficult. That was the time of Hecla. Three, which is the volcanic eruption in um, in in Iceland, and around that time, where um, the Mediterranean civilization completely came to an end. So that is important to understand. So this social distancing, anyone who did not social distance was pined as a, a, a loser. And that, a poor person who did not have any knowledge of the divine, that was called Dalit. Poor was Dalit. And this Dalit then enters the Indian subcontinent to the refugees because they would be sent to this leprosy colony. And the leprosy colony would then... Um, 
the leprosy colony would, uh, you know, they were sent there to die. So the, the leprosy colony was away from the trade routes, away from the towns. There was no water. There was nothing. They were just sent to die. That's all it is. And they were called poor. Okay, Dalit. Um, in, in Islam, these people who were spiritually poor and did not follow the knowledge and the true knowledge of God, which was technically for this uh, geological and geographical context which they could not decode. Uh, they, they're called kufar. Kufar is someone who does not understand the, the truth about God. He does not see the, the reality, the only truth truth about God. What is the truth? That you must wash your hands and you must isolate, you must um, you know, uh, not do this, not do that. You must live in secluded areas. You must not interact. You must not touch. Uh, any type of fluid is, is an illness, is dirty, and that's why you have menstrual cycles which are dirty because they're fluid. Someone who dies is dirty because there are fluids coming out of the body. Uh, if you give birth, you are, it, it, it's, it, it's, you know, you're untouchable, you're, you're unclean because there are fluids. All this nonsense was ignorance that came out for a particular e area. Now, we understand that they did not know in those days, but they did whatever they could to survive. 2,000 years from now, people are going to look at us and say, my God, what stupid people we are. But we did what we did to survive. Similarly, these people did what they needed to do in those days with their limited knowledge. But today we know better, and we still have people not looking beyond and trying to institutionalize this because the problem starts when it's institutionalized. So this, my dear friends, is the history of Dalit, these people who flee this area and because they know that if they get sick, they're going to die. They come to the Indian subcontinent in waves and waves of refugees. They bring their mentality, their vocabulary, and they reach the Indian shores. And this vocabulary then integrates into Hindic vocabulary and we get the term Dalit, we get the concept Dalit, we get the concept of untouchability, we get the concept of, uh, you know, untouchable areas, people are untouchable, and so on and so forth. And from there, we have what we have today. But Dalit is not he Hindu, it is Hebrew. So it's very important to understand. So I'm going to leave you on that. I'm going to paste all my knowledge on my website, and I'm going to link my website to it. It's called religionsregimes.wixsite.com, um, and I'm going to post it on there, and you can read it another time, because it's not going to be today, or tomorrow will be in, in a couple of days, but please, please, please share this uh, podcast, because this is the most important. My journey to, to the podcast and to speak to you is to give you the knowledge of these Abrahamic ideologies to heal us from the, the trials and tribulations and to heal India from her evils which were have been inherited due to the refugees who came behind us as an ex-Christian. Um, it is my duty to undo those knots and heal and to tell you that Hebrew, that Dalit is not Hindu, it's Hebrew. So uh, on that note, please do not forget to click on my website. Have this conversation with your friends, with your families, with your neighbors, please, to understand where Dalit comes from and to spread the news as much as possible, spread the podcast as much as possible with at least 10 people and ask them each to, sell, to share with at least 10 people because it's important. Dalit is not Hebrew. Sorry, Dalit is not Hindu. It is Hebrew. Okay, um, and and uh, we are all currents and waves of the same ocean, the same wish for stum, uh, kutum, um, wish for kutum. Uh, 
energy fields, energy in motion. That's all we are. Uh, on that note, I take your leave. Thank you so much for your time and you have yourself a fantastic day.